0: MJF and CM Punk just put on a classic in Chicago, but it didn't have the ending that most people wanted. It didn't take away from the match, but we're going to jump into that. Plus, on NXT 2.0, the former NXT UK Women's Champion, the longest reigning NXT UK Women's Champion, now has an honor opportunity to get the gold in NXT 2.0. We're jumping to all of this more on the debrief. Here we go.
1: Watch out, watch out, watch out.
0: What's going on, everyone? It is time for the debrief. It's your host, Jose G, and next to me, the top chico himself, Rico El Glorioso, to break down everything you need to know about NXT 2.0 and AEW Dynamite. What's up, Rico?
1: Not much, man. I mean, we've had a bunch of news break earlier today. A lot of Big people news. finally feeling their freedom. Some wanted to, one didn't. Uh, But that... Led to uh you know all the speculation happening tonight on Dynamite. We didn't get any craziness as we would normally expect from you know a lot of this talent being free to go wherever they want, uh, where they want to. But it was still a good show. Uh, but how you doing, Jose?
0: Oh, we're doing good, man. You know, it's been uh, it's been one of those weeks where you know all that news from Shane McMahon came out. But we're not here to talk about Shane McMahon. We're here to talk about AEW Dynamite, we're here to talk about NXT 2.0. Uh, but let's jump into it before we do, guys. As always, make sure you're liking, sharing, and subscribing. Make sure you smash that notification bell so you never miss whenever we drop brand new content all right guys we got stuff dropping on the daily uh so make sure you go ahead and check out all of our exclusive interviews uh from this royal rumble weekend so kevin had some great interviews with Liv morgan with reggie uh so go ahead and check that out show the support and help us get to twenty six thousand subscribers if you're watching us on facebook go ahead and smash that like button share it in your favorite wrestling group tag your friends in the comment section so they can join us in the conversation so Rico, let's start off with AEW Dynamite, dude. We had a banger of a show. I thought this was a pretty, pretty damn good show in Chicago, and there was a lot of concern about this show tonight in Chicago, especially with that mega snowstorm that mid the Midwest was, is about to get or is getting. And you guys can, uh, you guys saw in some of the uh, parts of the show, uh, there was quite a bit of snow on the streets there. Uh, but thankfully, you know, they didn't have to cancel the show. They didn't have to. Uh, postpone anything, and the show went on, and it was good, and there was also some concerns that the ticket sales weren't doing too good, but the crowd sounded plenty good to me uh, tonight in Chicago. What'd
1: you think? Oh, they're in the home of CM Punk, and with him main eventing with MJF after this build that they've had, you know they had to come out there. You know, whether it's rain, sleet, hail, or snow, they were going to be there in attendance, and now I can't really complain, even though we did have our really cold, cold front that we had this past weekend. We still didn't have any snow. I mean, it might be snowing iguanas in South Florida, but at least we didn't have that here. So I can't complain about what's happening in Chicago.
0: Now, guys, when he says it's raining iguanas. So this is thing that happens down here in Florida because the iguanas don't get can't get used to the cold. So what happens they just fall off the trees. So like this past weekend, like it dipped down into like the 30s and 20s here in Florida, which is rare. We get it once or two days a week, a, a year. And mm-hmm. the 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 lizards and the iguanas they just fall off the trees because they can't handle the shock. So yeah, that's uh, funny. Uh, what's they, yeah, up to all, all you guys in the chat? Just uh, just, just I'm sorry, bros. I just uh, making sure I shout out that's everybody good. in the chat.
1: Yeah. But of course they had to make it out there, especially with MJF being the main event. So it was good to see they still made it out. Good, you know, they even acknowledge at the beginning of the show that there's some there were some issues trying to get people into the stadium and traffic and everything like that. But at least people got there. Hopefully they got you're know, are leaving safely and get home safely too. But they were there for quite a show here in Chicago.
0: <laughs> uh guys, as always, make sure you're liking, sharing, and subscribing. All the loyals I see you guys in here. So make sure you guys are doing the same and sharing and uh, and liking as well, Christopher Ryan Cooper, Ricky Castillo, Stephen Chambers. I see you guys. Uh, thanks for the support as always. All right, man. So, let's jump into some of these matches that we got to see on Dynamite tonight. Wheeler Yuta going up against John Moxley. Now, there was a little bit of controversy because John Moxley was initially supposed to be facing Brian Kendrick. Uh, and we reported it earlier in the show in the top story, uh, that Brian Kendrick had been pulled out for some remarks he made. Um, several years ago. I just saw the tweet a little bit ago, him apologizing about what happened, but he was initially supposed to be the one that was, that was supposed to face John Moxley. Uh, But as a replacement, we got Wheeler Yuta and Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy came out with him. So it looks like Dan Housen may be a part of the best friends, uh, but in no way in planet early, Wheeler Yuta was going to win this match. John Moxley got the win. But then what happened afterwards was very interesting Because Brian Danielson is being having like these face-to-face moments with Mox. Not a conversation, just moments, just kind of stare down, walk away, stare down, walk away. Today they had a conversation. A lot of people were were like, they want to see this fight. And the crowd, you know, obviously popped for that. But what he said afterwards that he feels that we shouldn't fight each other. We should be fighting together. Imagine a faction where Brian Danielson and John Moxley are together and just bringing up some of these AEW young talents, right? And just wrecking shop, becoming AEW champion whenever you want, becoming TNT champion whenever you want, becoming TNT uh, uh, tag team champions, whenever you want. And Brian Danielson just went down the list and he made a very convincing argument, even to the point. Where the commentators were even agreeing with what Brian Danielson was saying, and I'm immediately hitting you up in the chat. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, dude, imagine if like Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and 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 Bobby Fish hook up with these two, that'll be like the greatest faction of all time.
1: That's th- that is the true paragon of stables at this point, as opposed to what they're trying to do with just Adam Cole and Red Dragon. But, man, yeah, like, he was sounding like Thanos, you know, or like Killmonger. Like, when, when the villain starts making a lot of points, you're like, you know what? He's not wrong because he did kind of go a little shoot with say, like, we're in a company right now where a man who dresses up as a dinosaur is the tag, is one of the tag team champions. Like, imagine what we could do if we teamed up together. Hell, imagine what we could do if we helped nurture some of these guys and we took them under our wing like a you Yuta. Why is he over here with? You know, Orange Cassidy and this guy that's dressed like a clown. Like, why? Lee Moriarty. Like, why is he over here with Matt Seidel and Dante Martin? He can be with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, talk about Daniel Garcia. Like, he could be with us instead of two 0. Yeah, you know what? As you, like you said when we were texting, like, I want to be part of that stable. I want to be in a stable with Mox, with Brand, uh, with diamond Brand. Uh, I keep wanting to combine names. Daniel, Bru- not Dan Brown. Brian Danielson, there we go. I gotta have right time. (laughs) And then some of these talents here, like this is what the factory is trying to do. But imagine the factory with Mox and Danielson as opposed to Q T Marshall and Cody Rhodes. So I'm here for it. (laughs) I'm here for that stable. But you know, it's not gonna happen. This will lead to their feud. They're gonna get a tag match. They're gonna betray each other. It's gonna lead to a match. But that's fine because I want to see that happen too. So I'm very excited. I'm just glad. They didn't go with the simple approach. Just the just the just the prospect of that
0: even happening now that it's now that it's the cards are laid on the table. World. It's out there. <laughs> now you're like got to think like damn. Like what wow. are the possibilities of adding that third person to bring up? And I think this is great. I think I think it's awesome, guys. As a reminder, make sure if you're watching us on Facebook. We no longer broadcast on our main Sports Keto Wrestling channel. We're, we're we're trying to build our Sports Keto All Elite page. So make sure you head on over there. You give it a like. You set the notification to see first. So that way when we go live, boom, you get that notification on your phone. All right?
1: Moving now, on, man. Nash, bro, what... Real quick, though. Victor Nash hit it right in the head, bro. We were talking about that earlier. Like, give, Yes. Take all my money. Moxley, Danielson, Keith Lee, and Killer Cross. Oh.
0: No. Jesus. That like who who could stop that?
1: Are you bringing Do- uh, Dominic Djokovic? Like bring the Mozzards together in there too. Oh man. I'll
0: did did da- Dominic did he get released? He got released, right? Dominic Djokovic. No, I don't think he got released. I think he's still with the company. He's probably Is in he? catering. But
1: can you but T- the fact that T-Mart? you have to think about that that just goes to show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh we did have a uh, a mic off here with uh with the, the CBO, the chief brand officer Brandy Rhodes. Uh, and Dan Lambert, they both both uh, ha- go- having a back and forth. Uh, they both take dig- digs at each other. Uh, Rico, why-, why don't you break this interaction down? Because the fans were not having it. The fans were just like, shut is- the F up. And just being very disrespectful to
1: Brandy. But I think Brandy's used to that by now. It's but just- I- this was a fun interaction. It's just so funny to see the juxtaposition of Dan Lambert when he goes up against Brandy Rose. As opposed to when he goes up against Hangman Adam Page, because he's clearly the heel. And Brandy, as much as he's trying to be the babyface, is getting booed out of all existence. And they take some pretty deep shots at each other. So of course, Dan Lambert talking about uh Brandy's you know previous job of being face down, talking about her her, her, her fake as her sweater puppies. Like he's going in on here, and then Brandy Rose just goes in on uh, men of the well. On I mean, Ethan Page, like, oh, we only signed you just to get the Josh Alexander and Dan Lambert, America's top Ooh. team. You're not even the top one in the division. Like, let's just talk about one of your top guys is getting knocked out by Jake Paul and Amanda Nunes. Oh, I'm sorry, is that too soon? Referring to Amanda Nunes losing her title to Rose Namahunas in a knockout, which shocked me because I thought, hands down, and she probably still is, Amanda Nunes is the greatest female fighter of all time, but she got knocked out by Rose. So, She's going in onto some real life stuff, but every time she talks, the second she says a word, the crowd in Chicago is letting her have it. So mm-hmm. just like that, she is now the heel, and he's the baby face, even though he's the heel, and he brings out Paige Van Zent, who is a mixed martial artist, to get in the ring with Brandy Rose. She, you know, she grabs her, she picks her up, takes it to the corner, and the entire women's locker room has to clear out to keep these two women separated. So we're going to probably get a match between the chief brandy officer, Brandy Rhodes, going up against former UFC fighter Paige VanZant. Uh I don't know how this is going to go down.
0: I we know that Brandy Rhodes has some previous training, but to go up to the likes of, you know, it just feels like this is like the wish version of Ronda Rousey on uh, on on AEW, right? Because oh, WWE brought a uh, you know brought an MMA fighter. Well, I'm going to bring an MMA fighter too. She's not well as well known, but she's still a red MMA fighter. So that's like how, how I'm looking at this, right? They're, they're trying to mimic that with Brandy, who's not even a champion, who's not even well known. So what's the angle here, right? Like, okay, is he going to try to take down the codes and the Nightmare Family? I mean, like, what is the angle? What's the issue here? Like what, what's the end game? What, that's what I want to know with Dan Lambert, right? What's the end game? Why are you so interested in Brandy and bringing her down and, and Cody Rhodes. And then you, not only you're meddling in there, but you're also meddling in the world title picture too. So Dan Lambert's got his fingers a little bit everywhere right now, but I think he should just abandon Brandy Rhodes. It, it, there's, I don't see the end game to here.
1: It's just him, just causing chaos. It feels like at this point, and he even, and that's why. As much as as annoying as he is, he's pretty good on the mic. Even saying, as you know, what if I'm probably going to go down. You know, I just might as well go down in a blaze of glory thanks to to cancel culture here. But you know what? And he still just lets it all out there. he doesn't care, especially considering what happened in the match to start off the night. Uh, he's just having his best life because this is not his main job. He's just here. To, just being a voice, and he's doing a pretty damn good job at it. So while this doesn't make sense, it, it's trying to get, I guess, trying to help put over Brandy Rhodes, trying to put herself over. But it's not working. Not when you put yourself in a smart crowd like with Chicago, if you're doing a Philly, if you're doing New York. They're going to let you have it. So as much as you're trying to be the babyface because you're facing off against Dan Lambert on the mic, it's just not helping your cause.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, let's let's jump into something that was quite interesting because we got to see, finally, the name of this table of, uh, of one Malachi Black and Brody King, the Kings of the Black Throne, also Knights known the as the Knights throne? of the Black Throne, also known as the House of Black. Uh, looks like production cannot get together with commentary and cannot get together with Justin Roberts to decide on a final name on this table. But I, for one... Vote for the nat for the knights of the Black Throne. I th- I, I think as a tag team, that sounds that sounds like fire. But House of Black is good too. You don't need to have so many different iterations of the name. But I just found that really funny tonight.
1: It I was just confused because they keep saying all, and I guess it's all interchangeable anyway. But it was just so weird to me that they're saying one thing. Like, Alistair Black is calling himself one thing. And then you have the graphics, the lower third, adding a completely new name. Nobody's ever said Knights of the Black Throne. But that's a pretty badass name, too. It's just not as good as Mm -hmm. a play on words because you have Brody King and and, uh, Malachi Black. But you know what? Either way, these guys are devastating. I can't wait until they add another person to that group. And somebody even mentioned it earlier. Imagine if Killer Cross is the one that happens to join the House of Black next. Or even if, you know, Pac happens to, you know, turn on Triangulo de la Muerte and joins the House of Black. Because that's kind of the storyline that they've been telling, that he has turned his back on the House of Black. He hasn't joined them. So that's why they've been going up against him. So they're starting to to, to put those little, you know, what, what ifs. Uh, it was Chris Aldridge that was saying that uh, mm-hmm. Killer Cross might be in Malachi Black's faction. So... That would be cool. I, I think I think,
0: I, I think. that would be cool just because of the supernatural nature of the Killer Cross character. And I think that would be really cool to add him to House of Black. But I've never really seen Killer Cross in a faction. I've always seen him with Scarlet, so I don't know how well, how well he will play with others. You know, him and Scarlet, it's kind of an act, so I don't really expect him joining any stables he, anytime soon if he ends up heading to AEW.
1: He was the White Rabbit in uh, Lucha Underground. Oh, damn, that's right. Yeah, but... but that, 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 that only lasted like two episodes before the season exactly, ended before the show ended. But exactly. He only had, like one
0: match. Exactly. The but, one
1: against guy. Paul London. But yeah, just... He was there.
0: You know, I'm just saying. Uh, we got to see a matchup here with uh, Ruby Soho and Nyla Rose. Uh, Nyla Rose getting the win. This was a pretty good matchup. Uh, I think they, they had a really screwy finish there at the end. Uh, you know, Ruby was going for her finisher, while Nyla was propped up on the top rope, she had the finisher, and she missed it by like half a foot. And the camera clearly caught that, and Nyla didn't, Nyla didn't react, so she just pushed her off, counted it, hit her with her stuff, and got her finisher and, and got the win. Uh, so Nyla, uh, Nyla Rose, I don't know what's, what's next for her. Maybe she'll be next in contention for uh, one of the women's championships. Uh, but yeah, so we got that. Then we got to see our champion, the AEW world (laughs) champion, Hangman Adam Page and Dan Lambert. Again, with Jake the Snake Roberts. This promo uh, was a little blah, right? Like, I feel, I've said this before, dude. Hangman, to me, is not a convincing champion, bro. And you can can have him defend that title as much as you want, but like Brian Danielson made a point earlier in the night we have a millennial cowboy that doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> as champion, you know, like, and he makes perfect sense. Yeah, kind of. I am looking forward to this matchup with him and Lance Archer because Lance Archer always puts on bangers of matches. Don't know necessarily if he's going to be dropping that title to, to, to Lance Archer. I don't think so. But again, I just feel like with a hangman Adam Page, there's something missing. He's not connecting. He may be connecting with the fans in the in the audience because those are the hardcore guys, right? Those are the guys. That's your base. Those are the people that are going to be seeing cowboy shit no matter what. But someone who's watching the TV who's a casual fan sees this guy. He's like, oh, he's a pretty blonde guy with a title. That's, that's all he is. Yeah.
1: I'm kind and, of, and hoping here's another one. Lose and here's now. another
0: one. John Castro makes an yeah. excellent point. 81 days as champion, with he only, he's only defended the title twice, two matches. That's it, bro. Hangman, yeah. hey, uh, 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 Kenny Omega was defending that stuff on the weekly or on every other week. Uh, John Moxley, same thing. So, I don't know, dude. I don't know if that was the right choice to put that belt on him.
1: Yeah. Uh...
0: I think it was still it was the right choice. And y'all can still. be mad
1: at me. Y'all can be mad at me. It's fine. It, but it is a valid point. It's just to me, it's ironic that it's kind of happening at the same time that it's happening to Biggie. Like it's I still believe it was the right choice, the right time, just based on how the story was going. But it felt like that was the the end point. But now it's like, oh, okay, what is supposed what are we supposed to do after this now? Like they didn't think about that far ahead. So it's like, you know, you get to the infinity saga, you know, the Infinity War and you get to end games. All right, cool. Oh, oh, okay, that was a great moment. But what happens next? We didn't plan that out. So we kind of make it up as it goes along. So we kind of saw a big E. I feel like we're seeing the same thing with Hangman on Page, where yes, whole storyline was great. Got to that moment, got your big win, you know, finally over Kenny Omega after you know two years since the beginning of AEW. You guys kind of had this thing going on, and we got the payoff. But now we have this little like, okay, now you're not doing anything else with it. So, yeah, this is the perfect time to get it off him. Like, yes, probably be Lance Archer, but have it have MJF take it off of my Revolution. Or even as uh, Ricky Castillo saying here, what if Adam Cole is the one to go up against him next? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with either one of them because those two would be intriguing to me. So, Because we know MJF can either go back to CM Punk, it could be Wardlow that betrays him. Like, Wardlow can win the face of the Revolution ladder match as MJF wins the title. Like, you can have all these interesting storylines that are kind of set up already, as opposed to, oh, Lance Archer just back and he's attacking Hangman and a page. And that's it. And you have Dan Lambert, you have Brian Anderson that's talking him down for his cowboy gimmick. So you're already bringing down your champion a couple of pegs before that match even happened. So you're not adding any credibility to him anyway. So yeah, I think it's time, man. I think revolution, we should have a new champ. We'll
0: see. We'll see. We'll still got a few more weeks. to see if they can give us some more storytelling or maybe put some other contenders in front of them because it took them this long to get this Texas death match put together. I could only, it's going to take probably twice as long to get him his next contender. I don't, I don't know why he's being so protected. That's what it feels like. If you, I feel like he's being protected. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be 100% wrong. Y'all can disagree with me. It's totally fine. Uh, we did have a backstage promo here with Chris Jericho calling out Santana Ortiz from last week for not having tagged him. He said that this was highly disrespectful and will not be tolerated and is forcing the inner circle to have a mandatory team meeting next week. So that should be interesting. I don't know if we're probably going to see the fallout of uh, the inner circle there. Then we had our main event that went for a whole 40 minutes. MJF CM Punk putting on a classic in Chicago. And they had not had the ending that you wanted. (laughs) However, this match lived up to the hype, dude. Like this was a very well told uh, story inside of that ring from not only just picking apart the body parts, just referencing old, gimmicks like Shawn michaels just resting on the corner you know doing stuff like that not only you have high spots in the match but then you slow it down go back to a wrist and lock game catch wrestling and then go back into your high bumps like there's not a lot of people can that that can do that type of work and
1: storytelling and i thought they did it beautifully tonight rico Yeah, I'm agreeing with the guys here in the chat. When they came out, it was only like 9.15 or something. I was like, they're really going to give these guys a lot of time. Uh, But Omar, Omar bringing up, it felt like MJF carried Punk. Remember, he's older. You know, he's older than, than MJF. But like Jose said, I think they told a really great story in the ring with the body part manipulation about them. They've studied each other. You can clearly tell. And then it got into the, the, the nitty-gritty of the match where NJF obviously is going to use his heelish tactics to get a win over CM Punk. So when it was only like, what, uh, 9.35 Eastern, Eastern time over here, when he chokes out CM Punk, and this is the first time I've seen in a long time that the ref has done the three-hand drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to yeah. now we're like, they're just shaking you. If you're not, that's spotting, an old school out. thing, bro. That's an old school thing. So they brought thing. that back too, for this yeah. match, which was a nice little touch too, but it was great storytelling because MJF had used a bit of his tape and he was choking him at the same time he was doing the sleeper hold. So the ref never saw it. So he just, you know, choked him out. But when he goes to raise his hand, out comes the tape and they did a great yeah. job of just playing it up. Yeah.
0: Listen, I, I think Please start this, the match. Let's do it again. Yeah. This match, uh, there's a lot of CM Punk naysayers out there. You know, I try to stay neutral. I like CM Punk. I don't, I don't not, not like him. Um, there was a point in, you know, in my, in my life where I was a huge CM Punk fan, but That's I think true. I've already, but I think, but I think I've outgrown it. Right. Like I, I kind of view it now. I try to stay neutral and just kind of analyze like what they're, what they're doing. Am I a fan of what he does? Absolutely. Uh, but I but I do have to agree here with like Omar when he says that MJF carried CM Punk. Um, I I want to say he carried him throughout the whole match. But MJF did a lot of stuff. He ga- he gave a lot to CM Punk to make him look great in that match. And again, when MJF goes to the body parts, to the joints, to the arms, and he's just. Slowly and methodically punishing him, and CM Punk carrying and selling that whole thing throughout the match, then stopping the match because he choked them out. Then you restart it. Then you have a little bit of interference from Wardlow. He really didn't interfere, but he caused enough distraction to get hit, you know, by the dynamite ring. You know what? It's 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 classic wrestling. It, this is an old school way of to- telling a story. Mm-hmm. You know what? Because right now we live in this in this internet wrestling world that we want it now we want the flips we want the big spots take why don't you slow it down and take the time to watch the story this was a very well told told story uh for 40 minutes
1: and this is playing off of the weeks that we've seen with cm punk having to go through basically the labors of cm punk in order to get his shot at mjf and in that slight tease that we saw where you know, Wardlow comes out, he gets in CM Punk's face, and then he backs off. You think, oh, is he slightly turning on JF? But we saw it later in the in the replay that as he got out of the way, that's when he tossed the ring to MJF that allowed him to get the win. And yeah, Omar, that that's the next continuous part of the story. That's why I wouldn't be surprised if, say, you know, MJF becomes champion and Wardlow is going to win the face of the revolution, and it's going to be a, a Batista moment when he won the Royal Rumble where he gets to choose either the AEW champion and a TNT champion. So MJF's like, oh, he's obviously going to go for, you know, Sammy, the TNT champion, and then do the whole – and it wind up hitting the Powerbomb Symphony on MJF. Mm. Like, it's, great. it's right there. It's right there set up for them. And, again, it's... that's intriguing as opposed to kind of what they're trying to just throw together with Adam Page and with Lance Archer. So
0: – I think we're going to see a lot more movement in the next few weeks as we get closer to Revolution – so don't be surprised um, when we start seeing a little bit more tension or maybe even see the face turn at Revolution. So um, a lot of things can happen between now and Revolution. So yeah. uh, overall man, what did you think of AEW tonight man? I think okay. this was a solid show. I'm going to give it an 8.5. The reason I'm not giving it a 9 because Miro wasn't there. And mm-hmm. uh, also also some of these promos man. Like, uh, like we didn't need to have Brandy Rhodes on the mic getting yelled incredible. out by the Chicago crowd with Dan Lambert, you know, squealing his stupid voice all over the arena, either. So uh I think we could have we could have we we could have done away with that. I think it would have been a nine for me with that, but I think I'm gonna give it an eight point five.
1: Yeah, I think you're being way too generous. And to me, I'm agree with, with CRC. I'm gonna agree with uh CRC because it's seven point five because yes, again, we know the AEW sandwich that we're gonna get going to get a great opening match we're going to get a great ending match we're, we're, we're getting used to the fillings. formula we're getting yeah. used to the formula now so yeah so that, that's that's a given so, and the matches lived up to the hype and that's great so now it's the filler you know what kind of protein do you got here? what kind of toppings do you have what kind of con, you know condiments you got on there right now a brandy rose versus you know damn Lambert slice of lettuce ain't doing it for me you know that's that's not going to be enough to get me through here. and we did have an interesting segment <laughs> I guess, with the AHFO, with uh, essentially Matt Hardy accepting Sammy Guevara's open challenge for the TNC Championship is going to be – I, sorry, Isaiah Cassidy, apparently, given the-, the graphics design, as opposed to Isaiah Cassidy. You forgot a couple of letters there to write the name Isaiah. Isaiah? I- it was Isaiah? It was Isaiah. Uh, but he's going to be facing him on Friday for the TNC Championship. And then Andrade got there, and he's still – it was kind of weird with him and Matt Hardy it was like, why haven't you gotten Darby Allen yet? He wants money. Got to figure out the money that I could have done without that. And then we got the batch Shake segment with um, jungle boy getting beat down by the gun club. And we got to see some of the snow outside of Chicago. It, it didn't do it for me. So I'm going to, that's why I have to give it a 7.5 this week.
0: Yeah. There were some, uh, a, a few little funky spots in tonight's show, uh, but you know, it was all right. It was inter- like I said, it was entertaining. I love you guys because you guys put some some funny comments. I love uh Derek Gibson here. I don't like the formula. They need to change it up and make it more unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. It's like once you start figuring – It's funny because once we started figuring out the WWE's formula, it's like we were on it, on it. But then they changed it on us, and now it's like because they changed it, everything's so last minute. But now we're starting to figure out AEW's formula. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that, Derek. But that's why I
1: get those little changes. Like the whole uh- – Brian Anderson and Mox. So it, instead of just a face-off, like, hey, we didn't get a chance to do it at the other place, so we can do it here. No, it's like, you know what? We should be together. We should be a tactic. Like, that is what, you know, supersedes our expectations. And that builds on, it's like, you know what? I never thought about that. This could be a really interesting story. So they're trying to do those little, little, little twists and little tweaks for us to not be as predictable. But everything else kind of is. But that's because... We're no, we're fans of wrestling and we've seen this before, mm-hmm. so now it's can they deliver on it on our expectation, even if we expect it? Can they deliver? And you got a match like this, like MJF and CM Punk, that does,
0: yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, guys, let's move forward to uh, to NXT 2.0. As always, guys, make sure you're liking, sharing, and subscribing, smashing that notification bell, showing the support, engage with the show. All right. Throw up those hand emojis, those 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 thumbs up, those heart emojis, the, the angry emojis, whatever which one you want to throw up. Go ahead and do that right now. If you're watching us on our Facebook, hit that like button if you're watching us on YouTube. Thank you so much for all of the support. We're well on our way to twenty six thousand subscribers. And that's all because of you guys. So we really appreciate you showing all of the support. Continue to do that. by. Liking, sharing, and subscribing. So let's jump into NXT 2.0, Rico. Uh man, I you know what you got. First, they crammed in a lot, a lot. in this show. <laughs> they, they
1: switched for AW because they put. They a lot in crammed
0: way. in a lot in this show. Not only from like a, from from both from match perspective and from the promo perspective, it was just so jam packed. But just to give you guys the highlights, Imperium. Went up against Diamond Mine, Imperium, and Gunter oh, get the win on that matchup. Then we had this promo that went on forever, which didn't need to go on forever. Toxic Attraction cuts a promo about how they're gonna be defending the NXT women's tag team championships against Cindy Hartwell and Persia Perot at Vengeance Day. And Mandy Rose spoke, you know, she's talking talked about how great she she gets interrupted by Kylie Ray. And then that was this whole thing that went out throughout the entire episode. Of NXT where Kylie Ray is just chasing Mandy Rose throughout the entire CWC. So at one point she commits grand theft auto and kidnapping kidnapping. two counts of kidnapping, (laughs) two counts of kidnapping. Okay, where are they? They still they didn't show up at the end of the episodes. Where are they? All right. So not only she has grand theft auto and two counts of kidnapping, okay but you can also add assault and battery up into there and property damages. Cause she just wrecked the entire CWC with that damn bad, trying to get her opportunity against Mandy Rose, Mandy Rose, after being thrown with food and being oh, chased crazy. all over the place, she finally gave in and gave Kaylee Ray her Did opportunity at Does vengeance day for the NXT women's championship. This oh, was man. so laughable. I'm like, what? Oh, no. And then we have this segment, which is part of the whole Mandy Rose thing. So Idris, Idris Inouye an oh, and Malik Blade, they're like having a conversation because they're trying to figure out. Oh, what should we call our team? Right. So they're just throwing out names or whatever. And then and then like Aegis is like, Oh, dude, what would you do? Like, if like Mandy Rose, Mandy Rose is like comes through that out. door, like, what would you tell her while, our name? And then Mandy Rose, it falls falls right in his lap. And then, like, he gets too excited. He's like, Come on, bro, we gotta go after them. He's like, No, I can't. He's like, No, come on. No, bro. I, I, I can't, I can't, go. I can't
1: stand like, over I right now. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> like, what are we? 12? Oh, Who produced dude. this shit? Well, not to mention, they wanted to call their team BBC. Oh, So, like, all right. Nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> Can't say that. So Seriously, yeah. whoever's
0: writing this, this is
1: terrible.
0: This, this, this is, is really, really this bad, is bro. This is,
1: this is, you know, for the kids, apparently, I guess. I don't, because the characters that they have on there. I don't know, because now, really, now we got really surrender Moon here. We got Surreyler Moon. Going up against <laughs> Kayla Inlay. So they went to the whole backstory, Saray, you know, finding herself going you know, back home to Japan I and finding her grandmothers the to character.
0: I just don't dig what she does outside of it. When she goes back to that schoolgirl gimmick, because inside the ring with that silver, you know, you know, whatever she's got going on,
1: yeah. I think that looks
0: pretty cool. And she kept her move set and she she's looking great. So good for you, Saray. Do some work with that character though. It's Unless I, you're going to give me a transformation right on the stage. If you can master an illusion like that, right? Yes. So, like, if you can pull out your, your pendant you and you're in the school girl and then you do, saray boo, right? And you just put that shit out and then she changes it to her outfit. I'll buy it. Like, yes, give me that. But hey, that's happening.
1: They happening. They were implying it because she came, yeah. you know, You know, as you coming to the curtain, she's in her school, school girl gimmick with the ponytails and the glasses and the skirt and everything. And when she comes out on the stage, she's in you know the like the warrior of the sun gimmick. So yeah, if she could just like hold up that pendant and they have like a cloth around her and she can like Sailor Moon, and when they drop the cloth, she's in that, that'd be amazing. Then yes, I would love it because it's in real time, as opposed to we have to, you know, piece it together. Oh, okay, this is what they're going for. She's transforming, she's a power ranger, right here. Like, you know, she's turning into the warrior of the sun. But yeah. As long as she can keep delivering in the ring, as long as her moveset doesn't change, as long as she keeps doing that, uh, the the rope drop kick that she does, which looks amazing, and she does her Saito suplex, which again looks better than Karen crosses, then yes, let's stick with this. I know you're trying to make this character, but Booker to continue to be strong, don't have her lose two matches right away before she has to go find herself in Japan again. So hopefully they're actually gonna do something with her and. Elevator to the women's, you know, into the women's title picture at some point because she's very talented. They just never gave her the right chance to show what she can do.
0: Yeah, man. I don't I, I don't know, man. And I'm reading some of your guys' comments here. remember, Bruce Pritchard handles a lot of <laughs> NXE. I don't think he writes it. Uh, there is a team that writes the stuff, and again, HBK, HBK has nothing to do with the writing or the creative, he just produces it, he tells the matches, he gets he gets he gets the show going. But I don't think he has any control of what's going on with the creative, man. But, yeah, man, I don't I don't know, dude. Like, uh,
1: I was just so
0: cringe. It was bad. Like, it was so bad.
1: But that's why uh, you have what's... this balance, though. You get to balance it out. The cringe was some great promo work from L.A. Now, yeah. Yeah. Was, everything he does. Backstage, you know, if he, had, he was going to have a match with Joe Gacy. So I loved his little, you know, with the cameras, doing his promos, about to leave. Joe Gacy calls him out. And then he shouts in his face. You Know still calling out Grayson Waller, he's amazing. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams again continue to be amazing on the mic. This time, Cameron Grimes comes out because they your have daddy's a bootlicker. What did he say? Your daddy's a oh. bootlicker, and, and, and what did he say about his About uh, it was it's
0: I, I don't know,
1: but that, it was great. I'm like, the way like that Trick delivered was, was
0: like, great. Whoa, like, like, whoa, like, I didn't catch exactly what you just said, but he like, gets so I know was like, your
1: daddy's a bootlicker, and I'm like, What. And I'm sure he improvises too. Like, I'm sure this just like, comes off the top of his head because it comes off so natural for someone like him, for Trick Williams. So I think this is great. I'm looking forward to the match at Vengeance Day for the North American Cruiserweight. I'm about to make the open ultimate comparison
0: with Trick right now, dude. I'm about to make the ultimate comparison with Trick. And there's not a lot of people that can match my comparison right now when it comes to the mic. There's a handful, and I can't even make a full handful count on how many people can match this guy's promo skills on the mic trick Williams reminds me of the rock
1: without having trick, to be that arrogant talking in a third person no just... no 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 trick
0: Williams reminds me of the rock when he grabs that mic and he starts going and he doesn't he stop he just shoots and goes he reminds me of the rock not about talking in third person or anything like that just the way how he delivers 100%. it mm-hmm. you know like LA Nate has that same style like the rock where he can cut a promo and he, he leans more to the rock style. Right. You know, like, like, you know, he, he, the mannerisms and whatever, but trick, he'll just look at you and he'll just boom, boom, boom and throw off, which is great.
1: And I actually really, I can really appreciate that. Which what I think it is, it's, it's LA is playing the character. Like he playing a character like the rock that is named LA Knight. Trick Williams is delivering it like he is Trick Williams. That's just who he is. Like he's just that cool. Like The Rock was just naturally cool. That's just how it is. So he's just delivering it naturally, and it just happens to be that he's just that cool, like The Rock was, man. And so it's just great to see that juxtaposition. Yes,
0: yes. just like The Rock and yeah. Nation of Domination. Yes, that's exactly. exactly the type of rock that I'm that I'm trying to refer to, the so- early early stages of The Rock.
1: And I think this is great because we're seeing this kind of mic work. And then you have some other mic work for people that don't know how to do it. And you have Robert Stone officially having Von Wagner as part of the Robert Stone brand. Rico,
0: this is going to be a first and an exclusive. Buy into the Robert Stone brand stock now. Now, I'm telling you, you need to buy into Robert Stone right now. You know Why? My, because he has Von Wagner, even though his his forehead and his eyes freak out everyone.
1: Now that he has a mouthpiece in Robert Stone, chiching. ching. I mean, it is low, so it's you know, buy low, sell high, right? Exactly, so dude. Invest, I'm getting, invest in Robert Stone bro, and in Geico stocks. I'm getting stocks
0: on pennies on the dollar, bro.
1: Get it. Get your stocks in on and Robertson Brand and on Geico because once they start bringing back the cave uh, the caveman commercials for Geico, boom, boom, through the roof, boom, bro. Boom,
0: boom, boom. Dun, promo dun, so dun, easy, dun, dun,
1: dun, even a caveman even a like caveman. Bob Wagner <laughs> can do it. But so from this character we go to another character. So I got to ask you, Jose. How are you feeling about the Wendy Chu character now that we finally I'm not had her sure. first I'm not intro sure, with the with the like sleepy time music and the whole intro was like you know the walking down the ring and and the pillow and then all the moves she was doing in the ring? How, I'm not are entirely you sold on Wendy?
0: sure. Not entirely sure. It's funny because I'm watching. I'm watching this matchup and 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 Brenda, my wife, she comes from the kitchen and she sees and she's like, Who's this bitch with the with the, with the pajamas on and and and, and their tumbler? And I'm like, Oh, that's Wendy Cho. That used to be the girl from Tian Shaw that used to throw the mist and all that stuff. Oh, why did they change her character? She was such a badass. She lost. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, so I don't know how I feel about this character. So WWE is very character driven when it comes to you know their wrestlers but with Wendy Cho I don't know like I like it but I'm still unsure if I love it right because I think she was trying too much with the sleep gimmick in mid match like uh, doing a sleeping elbow drop or or a sleepy you know a sleeping sleeper hold like trying to fall asleep while she's doing a sleeper hold like okay I think it's a little bit too much you're going in the right direction uh but you know I don't know I think something like that is uh I, I'm still on the fence move. about it. I'm still I'm still on the, what
1: was that finishing move? It's the same thing like with the sleep the sleep position. She just like chopped amari Miller. Like that's all she did in order was, to get the win. Was it a sleepy
0: chop? The sleepy chop?
1: I guess so. The I don't know the choo choo chop. I guess I don't know what they're going to call it. Uh but apparently she's about to commit credit card fraud. Because this whole story was Amari Miller was getting paid oh, off God. by Tiffany Stratton. Hey, if you beat Wendy Chu, then I'm going to take you shopping. You know, on daddy's card, we can do whatever you want. And then she tossed the card in the middle of the match. Like, why would you do that anyway? And through all the confusion, as Wendy Chu got the win, she took the credit card. So apparently she's going shopping. Uh, and then, uh, who was it? Uh, Chris, uh, Stephen Chambers suggested a credit card on a pole match between Wendy and Tiffany. <laughs> which I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens in the next season Interesting comment here. We got Omar
0: watching us on Facebook saying, I love Wendy Chu. If people cheer for Orange's fake kicks, you have to cheer for Wendy. And that's the thing. I'm still trying to get on her, right? Like I'm still trying to find where I can jump because I want to jump on the Wendy Chu bandwagon. I want to get behind her. But you have to give me something more than just sleepy drop kicks or sleepy elbow drops. Give me something where I could be like, oh, shit, this is a one. Because this is true. We've never seen a character ba- kind of based on this type of, you know, sleepy gimmick, nap time gimmick. You know, she sleeps, and when she wakes up, she fights, you know?
1: So, I don't know. Or at least if there's something kind of what they are doing to Orange Castle, where he comes out and he's not chanlon. But, you know, when it's time to get serious, he gets serious. So, like, she can come out with the whole sleepy thing and all this stuff, but you can tie in, like, because she has the alarm in her music when she comes out. So, imagine she comes out all sleepy and everything, and, you know, she's, oh, this, and then the bell rings. And then she turns into a spitfire. And she just goes all out. And she's, like, insanely good. Because she's a really talented wrestler. Like, if you watch Karen Q's matches in The Independent, she's really good. So imagine if that was a switch. Then you can get more behind it. The same way we get behind Orange Cassidy. Because you know he's doing nonchalant. Because it's, it's not serious at that point yet. When the match builds up and it gets serious, he gets into it. So maybe you can need that kind of thing. Where instead of having it, you know, be the whole tying gimmick with all the moves and everything she's doing is all this... Like mm-hmm. the bell rings, and that's what wakes her up. And then when the bell rings again at the end of the match, then she gets back to being tired. Like, oh,
0: out. She was hypnotized. Like, she's hypnotized that every time she heals a bell, she either gets ready to fight or finishes. So it's the like, fight. oh, it's so.
1: over. Okay, now I can go back to sleep. You know, that kind maybe of they thing. Li- maybe they'll, they'll listen, listen to me. us.
0: Maybe they'll listen to us. And maybe they'll. It's happened before. They don't want to admit it, but it's happened before. It's happened before. Free ideas.
1: These are free ideas for you guys.
0: Uh Ricky Castillo saying Orange Cassidy had a sleepy gimmick in the Indies. Look it up. It's hilarious. Yes, I remember uh, seeing that. We got rocked to sleep. Yes, I remember that it was hilarious. I think that was at a <laughs> Battle of Los Angeles pro wrestling gorilla back in the day or so I think it was. Uh what else we got here? We got Andre Chase going up against a debuting Draco Anthony. Could it with Draco. Draco. Uh Andre Chase gets the win on there. I love what Andre Chase is doing. I'm getting I'm starting to get behind Chase you. I like what they're doing with him and Bodhi. So uh, we'll we'll see what's going on there. We also saw a vignette for Nikita Lyons. Lions. A lot of prospect behind Nikita Lyons. I had the pleasure of meeting her back during the tryouts, uh, during SummerSlam weekend, and we had a, a quick interview. Uh, super athletic, super talented, beautiful young lady. Dude, this girl's the real deal. I think she's going to be... The next face of the company, like she's going to be up there at some point down the future, you know, with the Rhea Ripley's, with the Bianca Air. she's going to be up there with the, the Charlottes House, and the Beckys. You know. Nikita Lyons is yeah. going. Don't care about Tiffany Strat. Nikita Lyons. Nikita
1: Lyons, Lyons is yeah, yeah. I, that I'd buy. I, I saw her. I saw her. Strat-
0: I saw her at the tryouts. We were there. Uh, it was myself and Ricardina. We were there at tryouts. And we saw her run the ropes. We saw her do. She was outworking everyone. So, I'm Nikita Lions, I can't wait to see what she does. Uh, we also had uh, the main event matchup. Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa going up against Legado del Fantasma. Fun matchup here. Uh, Braun and Tommaso. Tommaso doesn't want Braun to drop that title. So, anyway, because it looks like he wants a rematch for that title. But nice little spots here and there when they did the double suplexes and they patted each other at the back. Yeah, You know, so fun little spots. Uh, but <laughs> Braun Breaker and Champa get the win against Legado. Uh So overall, man, you know, NXT with all the stuff that was jammed into the show, dude, I got to give this like a 6.5, bro. Like it's... Wow. Yeah, I got it. It's, it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't if it wasn't for, like, some of the segments, like, dude, just nothing was really that great. The Imperium match, okay? The Imperium match, the Raquel Gonzalez match with Cora Jade, that was a good match. Uh, th- those two matches were good. Sire, it was cool to see Saray back as well. Uh, and then the mic work with uh, with Carmelo. And then the whole thing with Mandy Rose being chased the entire night. I think that was just ridiculous. So, you know what? I'm not even going to give it a 6.5. I'm going to give it a 6.
1: Wow. So you're going from what did you, get? you
0: NXT? Shame on you, NXT 2.0. You should know better. You got a pay-per-view coming up three
1: weeks from now, and you're not gonna do anything about it. This was it, Jose. That's why they crammed so much into this because they only have two weeks to wait. Next week, two of the matches they're gonna have are the men's semifinal matches for the Dusty Cup. So that's gonna take up all of that. So you had to squeeze everything into just this one episode, essentially because you're only going to have half of the next episode to even continue on to set up anything else that you're going to be doing for Vengeance Day when you know we only have five matches that's going to go on a card. And we already know we have Mandy Rose versus Kaylee Ray. We're going to have the Dusty Cup final. Uh, we're going to have the women's tag team match between um, Toxic Attraction versus Persia Parada and Andy Hartwell. Uh, so that's already three matches, and then you're probably going to have LA Knight versus Grace of Walla. Because Grayson Walla got involved in LA Knight's match against Joe Gacy, letting Joe Gacy get the win. When I still think that looked pretty cool though. His uh his like jumping somersault into a stunner when he came mm-hmm. out from the barricade, that looked really cool. But now yeah, next The week, camera angle was good. Yeah, so they did really well on that. And then, you know, so you have uh LA Knight gonna go gonna go up against Sangha next week in order to have the uh restraining order lifted so that way they can they're gonna have a match at Vengeance State. That's gonna be match number four, which I think is great. Uh but, you know, that's what I had to tie so much stuff in. And then they had the vignettes for Nikita Lyons. And he got Draco Anthony. And then we have Wendy Chu here. And then the one thing you need time for is, uh I forget if it's Briggs or Jensen. I think it's Briggs, the one that's trying to hit on uh Caden Carter. So he's going over to Dexter Loomis and to Indy Hartwell trying to get advice on how he can try to win her over. Because he likes her. But not like that. But he wouldn't be mad if it happened to work out that way. But You know, and then you have him, you know, how is it that it works for you? It's like, you know, nonverbal communication. He just, you know, gives me the look. And then he gives him the look. Ooh, we should go to the hot tub together. That's the hot tub look? That's the hot tub look. They had time for all of this, Jose, when they do have a special coming up in two weeks. So that kind of lets you know where NXT 2.0 is right now. So because of that, I'm going to have to give it – it's obviously not better than AEW. Sorry. So it has to be less than 7.5. Uh, so, for this one, yeah, I'm going to give it a 6.52 just because they're starting to use the AEW formula. They have the the two slices of bread on the outside because we have the Imperium uh, match versus uh, Diamond Mine at the beginning. And then you have Braun Breaker and uh, his father, Tommaso Champ. I'm sorry, his uh, former... Uh, <laughs> the former champion, his new mentor, <laughs> old man Champa, going against Legado Fantasma, and then Santos Escobar continues to get involved. So more than likely, the fifth match for Vengeance Day is going to be Braun Breaker versus Santos, or could possibly be a triple threat match. Because I, I was hoping for a swerve at the end. I was hoping for Tommaso Champa just lay out Braun Breaker as he was facing off against Santos. Mm, that would have been too good, Rico. That would have been that would have been perfect. That would have shot up the score two points. But we have to save time for Kaylee Ray to be chasing Mandy Rose into the ring with the bat to finally get what she wanted. She pulled the Batista and she got what she wanted. A shot at the NXT Women's Championship next week, though. So we'll see how this plays out, letting leading into the early bench. prediction. Early prediction.
0: Stephen Chambers wants to know do we see a title change next week?
1: Nah, it was happening not after yet. it was it not was yet. happening after just say Yes. Or I've to say possibly, but not right now.
0: No. Nah, because I think Raquel's gonna want another one-on-one with uh with against uh against, against Mandy. Mandy. But, but she, EO
1: EO's out there too, man. She and she hasn't been on TV. They were asking about her in the chat earlier today. Like we hadn't seen her, but we did have Raquel Gonzalez. She is gonna be teaming up with Cora Jade in the women's Dusty Cup, so she might be a little bit too involved mm-hmm. with that to go after the title, even though she had a great look yesterday. The outfit was uh, a little troublesome. So, if you guys noticed uh, a lot of cutting out of the video, because I thought there was something wrong with my internet or something. I'm like, wait, what's happening right now? No, she was having a little uh, a little trouble Problems. with her outfit, but she with looked her great assets? with the hair down and everything. So, <laughs> was
0: there a was problem with their assets? Uh Guys, I quick reminder. Also, Stephen Chambers reminding us here in the chat that Raw and NXT will be on Sci-Fi for the next two weeks due to the Winter Olympics. So just make sure you guys uh, find your uh, your local channels wherever you get your 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 TV, and make sure you tune into Sci-Fi for the next couple of weeks. As always, we're always live here on Sports Sportskeeda Wrestling Monday through Friday on the top story around the six o'clock hour. Every Wednesday night here on the Debrief on the All Elite page on the Sportskeeda All Elite page, so make sure you are liking, sharing, and subscribing. Friday night we got Dirty Dutch Mantel, Ricochino, and SP3 covering Smack Talk with uh SmackDown and AEW Rampage, and on every Monday night we got Doctor Chris Featherstone and Vince Russo Bro covering Legion of Raw for Monday Night Raw, and Thursday nights we got the brand new show, The Bro Show with DDP. Bang. so make sure you check those out that's every Thursday night at 10.30pm Eastern Standard Time uh, go ahead and give those uh, those a like, a share, and a subscribe as always guys, as always guys we thank you so much for hanging out with us here on Sports Keto Wrestling All Elite Channel remember when watching wrestling you have to do the most important thing, which is what Rico? enjoy it enjoy wrestling yeah we're out of here Bah Watch out, watch out, watch out!